0: radios.com, check, check, by two-way radios.com, recorded almost live Rock Hill, South Carolina, it's the two-way radio show. Welcome to the two-way radio show. I'm Rick Savoya. I'm Danny Feemster. And I'm Anthony Roquet. And this is the podcast about two-way radios for business and consumer communications. Today we'll talk about the use of two-way radios for haunted attractions or haunts. We'll discuss why radio communications are important for use in haunts, the types of radios used, and some recommended radio kits for use in these attractions. We'll also review the Motorola CLS 1110 and 1410 radios and take some of your questions from our blog and our forums at twowayradioforum.com. Our show is sponsored by BuyTwoWayRadios.com, the source of two-way radios and radio accessories for businesses and consumers since 2002. BuyTwoWayRadios.com, your radio specialists. All right, so let's talk about using two-way radios for haunts. Uh, First of all, when we say haunt, just what exactly are
1: we referring to? Haunt seems to be the the name given to any type of haunted attraction. You know, around uh, Halloween, you see all these haunted houses, haunted trails, things like that pop up. And as we uh, get ready to head into October, we've started to see sales pick up for radios to these types of, of groups. And that sort of got us digging a little deeper into how these businesses operate, how they use radios, and what types of radios are uh, are good for them. So that's what brought us to this topic. Sounds scary.
0: <laughs> so
1: I guess we should talk about the different types of haunts first. Yeah, so in our research, we found there are basically two types of haunted attraction. There's small haunted attractions that are put on by a, a church group or uh, just a small group of individuals. This isn't really a big money-making operation, per se, just sort of maybe some friends getting together or a community group getting together and putting on a haunted trail or something like that. Kind of a local gig. Yeah, local local kind of thing. Then there's also these large or larger commercial operations where it's the, the same attraction pops up every year and runs for a month, maybe open on the weekend. Some of them are open every night during the week. Um, but these are larger ones, usually, um, you know, professional performers, high-tech shows, paid actors. And the the way they use radios is really different between the small and the commercial groups. And the types of radios that are good for them is, are really different based on the, the type.
0: Anthony, you've been to a few of these, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, what's been your experience? What have
2: you, how have you seen them use the radios there? Uh, usually at the ones I've gone to, usually you've got a, you know, usually they're held in like a, an open area, uh, you know, and a lot of the parking is in fields or, 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 whatever the case may be. You know, you park your car, they may have attendants that are flagging you down to park in different spots. And then you get out of your car and you get on, you know, a tractor that's pulling a, a wagon and, um, uh, You know, I've heard them, you know, use them to call up and say, okay, I'm bringing a new load of people, you know, and and so on and so forth. I've seen them used uh, at the front gates and and, and things like that
1: for security. Many, many uses for them out there. Mm -hmm. A lot of times you'll see the managers of of these operations, all the managers or whoever's in charge of a certain area will have a radio. The actors or the employees in that area will be able to, uh, I guess, get in touch with the manager by speaking to him, and then he can communicate with um, you know operations managers or you know the, whoever's over the entire facility through the radios. Um, that's for facilities that don't want to provide each of the actors with a, a radio.
0: Now I understand there are four really key
1: reasons for having the radios there. Um, what what are those key reasons? Well, safety seems to be a big one. You know, anytime uh, you have an attraction where people gather for entertainment, there's always safety concerns. And attractions intended to scare people increase those safety concerns, Uh, like a situation where an actor might get assaulted or somebody has a heart attack. Uh, Those types of things require immediate attention, and a radio is going to come in handy for that.
0: I'm sure, too, that uh, if they're doing anything with effects or pyrotechnics or anything like that in certain situations, there's always that fire hazard,
1: uh, uh, and and they have to... That's right. Anytime there's a, a risk that something could happen... Using a radio, being able to get in touch with somebody in charge right away is important, critical even. Mm-hmm. And like I just said, when you, you're trying to – when the point is to scare people, you know, who knows what yeah. could happen. Yeah, anything you, happen. How are people going to react to that? Maybe they, they uh, hit back or, you know – Or maybe they just dropped dead right, right a, there assaulted for assaulted or, yeah, yeah, you, you never really know. I mean, you have to be prepared, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Security is another big concern. I just touched on that a little, but, you know, if somebody gets frightened, uh, things can get out of hand, and, you know, people might uh, assault an actor. Uh, you also have to be concerned about vandals, um, uh, things like that. So, yeah, because some
0: people can, you know, they, they're they drunk out there, or they're doing, you know, whatever, and they they just start tearing up the sets and the and right. destroying if things, something yeah.
1: gets unruly, you want to be able to get security in there, get someone in charge to the right area quickly before mm-hmm. this person leaves or you know runs off with if, if they're stealing something. I don't know, mm-hmm. but um, security is, is one of the main reasons. I can
0: understand and, You know, it's a, usually it's dark out there. They could be doing who knows what. Uh, besides just that, and of course, their their liability. I'm sure there are liabilities involved and you know, insurance issues. Right. Uh, so they they really want to cover all
1: the bases. Uh, another big area is, is the show itself with these haunted attractions. Timing is really everything. So, uh, you know, when people come in the room or, you, you know, you want to be able to cue people at the right time and radios are a good tool to make that happen. Mm-hmm. Also, these haunted attractions make a lot of money in a very short time and you've got to get a lot of people through here. So you want to keep, people moving, and you want to keep the flow of people on pace. So having radios to keep things efficient can really Im- improve the bottom line. You cut down on lines oh, yeah. and waiting, and, and you end up getting more people through the door and through your attraction uh, the more efficient you are. Yeah, the last, thing you, you know. yeah the, the last thing you want is people complaining when they leave that you know, it wasn't worth the wait, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So getting people through efficiently is something radios can definitely help with. Um, general operations is, is another area, and that's just uh, you know communicating with parking attendants, or um, you know communicating with concessions, or um, things like that. Ticketing radios come in handy for that, and we see them used all the time for those those types of uses.
0: So there's a lot, of, uh, a lot of things behind the scenes and general operations that, that a lot of businesses and in, in a lot of uh, theme parks uh, engage in on lo- a large scale. Even on a small scale, those things can be important.
1: Right, of, of course. With haunted attractions, we see the same types of, of general operations uses that, that you see in other areas. The ticketing, the parking, the, the concessions, lots of industries have those same concerns, and radios are valuable to all of them.
0: So in short, uh, the ability to communicate quickly and efficiently and and collectively all together as as a team can really make the difference between uh, the overall success or failure of that haunt and and to ensure success, two way radios are a are really a practical means to that end. That's well put. So um, let's talk about the types of radios that are used for haunts.
1: Well, haunts usually don't require a lot of area. So, you know, they're usually pretty confined in a house or in a small area in the woods or, um, you know, a few acres outdoors. And we find that small, lightweight business radios are the best choice for most of these situations. Since you don't need a lot of range, you don't need a large, bulky radio with a lot of power. So a smaller radio like a Motorola CLS series or a Kenwood 3230 is really our recommendation for most situations. These radios are one watt and really the the big benefit to these radios is um, that they're small and very light. They have lithium batteries, so you get great battery life out of them, you know, 12 hours or so. So with these small radios, you're not even gonna know you're carrying them and they're gonna work for you, give you crystal clear communications Another choice is uh, 900 megahertz digital radios. Mm-hmm. This is radios like uh, the Motorola DTR series or the TriSquare TSX 300 or the TSX 100,
0: which we actually reviewed in uh, I think it was episode 20.
1: I think you're right. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are good choices because they, they offer one-to-one communication. A lot of times, if you have a lot of people on the same channel. You have chatter, and it can be hard to get a word in. And if this is your situation, you might benefit from one-to-one communication, where you can just scroll through the screen, uh, have a contact list, and, and send a message or um, a communication to one individual instead of an entire group. Now, the the drawback to that is if it's night, if you know you're trying to create a dark setting, you don't want a screen lighting up as you're trying to scroll through a contact list. Yeah, and these um, do have some LCD displays on them. They right, yeah, to, to find the person that you want to communicate with in that list, you, you've got to look at the screen and, and scroll to a name. So that may be a drawback. Depends on how you're using radios, but 900 megahertz radios may be something you want to consider. I mean, also they're uh, they're one watt, so they're kind of low powered. The screen could be a problem. But uh you know, it depends on how you're using radios. If if you've got managers using radios and they're not out in the attraction, part of the attraction in costume. They're not,
0: they're not interacting directly with the the um guests per se. They're not actually part of the show, but they
1: are in you've, the you've area. Got behind the scenes people, right. kind of queuing people or kind of keeping things rolling along, then maybe a nine hundred megahertz radio is is a good mm-hmm. choice for the, this application. Um Consumer-grade radios is another option. Uh, these are generally not recommended because the durability is not, you know, up to business quality radios. But, and a lot of times the employees of these operations are teenagers and things that may not um, necessarily take the best care of them. Yeah. They, they may get banged around a lot. So consumer-grade radios, you may find yourself replacing, but uh, they're much, much less expensive. So, if you're a small operation like the the local or church sponsored event uh, consumer grade radios may be a better choice for you just because of the price um, yeah I
0: can see where those can come in handy because I mean especially in smaller venues, as we mentioned earlier, there are a lot of things that can go on and, and radios can break and if you're just doing an event for a month, you know during right. September and october you you probably don't want to invest heavily into. Uh, a business class radio that's you know that's really heavy duty just for a it's, month. Especially it's, if it's um, just
1: a you know a one time event. Yeah, something so like a
0: weekend or something. You know, just get the radios and yeah, and if if they survive for next time, then then great. If if not, you know, just toss them and and, and they serve their purpose.
1: That's right. Some some drawbacks to consumer grade radios. Of, of course, the durability is not up to business um, class radios, and battery life is going to be shorter. You're going to typically see seven to nine hours of battery life with a consumer-grade radio, depending on the model. There are some exceptions, but this may or may not be enough, depending on your situation. But one advantage is a lot of them will allow you to pop in double A's or triple A's Mm -hmm. if you get in a pinch with with batteries. So that could be a positive.
0: I think that's a very handy thing, because, you know, especially if they're out there for long periods of time, batteries start to give out, you know, you need to... Swap them in a pinch and you don't have any other uh, rechargeables to back up with. You know, just grab a couple of double A's and throw them in there and you're good to go. That's right.
1: Interference is the other issue you may run into with consumer-grade radios. You're using very public frequencies that, depending on where you are, could be very congested. So if you're using consumer-grade radios, don't be surprised if you get uh, interference while you're using the radios. You know, you can eliminate some of that by setting a privacy code. Um, Just be sure to plan ahead for that. If you are in the middle of a show and you Mm -hmm. find yourself getting interference, you're not going to be able to collect all radios and set a privacy code in the middle of the show or you're going to cause delays.
0: Well, you know, something else to, to consider is that the people running the haunt may not be the only ones with the radios. There are you know if their family's going there and they want to keep their kids together, stay in touch with their kids, they may be bringing some radios with them. That's right. And uh and for for the smaller haunts it's probably not that big of a deal, but for a, for a larger haunt you really want to be on the business radios to not only avoid the interference but to uh keep uh discreet communications there so no one else is, you know, none of the guests know what's going on
1: behind the scenes. That's right. Uh, in fact, some of our customers Um, have larger haunts that have several attractions and here uh, radios for visitors to these attractions have the same uh, benefits as they would to a theme park where you may have Mm -hmm. a couple of children that are in one attraction and then you're going in a different attraction Um, so you need to be able to stay in touch and meet up at a certain spot. Uh, So you're right and those customers that are using radios would almost certainly be using consumer-grade GMRS, FRS radios, which could cause interference with your radios if your business is using the same type of equipment.
0: Well, for the small haunts that are on a really tight budget and just, just
1: doing this for the weekend or whatever, it's
0: just, a good consumer radio, you know, cheap. They don't have to put out a lot of investment into the radio. Just, just.
1: I would just suggest they, they be sure to get a model that supports privacy codes and be sure to set a privacy code, before um, they start using the radios.
0: Mm-hmm. That sounds like the plan. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so what are your recommendations? Uh, what about yours, Anthony? What are your personal recommendations for for radios to use, say, for the um, uh, larger haunts?
2: Uh, well, like we said, business radios would be the best ones. I would look at something like the, the Motorola CLS 1110s or 1410s. Or even the Kenwood 3230s, something along those lines. Like Danny said, they're going to be small, you know. So if there is a costume being worn, it's not something that's going to be getting in the way. They're going to have good battery life for for most of their haunts. I mean, most of them run from uh, the time it's dark, you know, until one, two o'clock in the morning. So six, seven hours, which should be perfect for that. And there's a full line of accessories available as well, uh, you know, for both those models, um, different earpieces and things like that that would, that would fit well and work well with if you're wearing a mask or a wig or, or whatever the case may be, you know, mm-hmm. something that's not going
1: to get in the way as well. Um,
2: you know, we, actually, we didn't touch on the accessories yet,
0: did we? Because that's a very important aspect of that.
1: Yeah, we, we definitely need to make some suggestions on uh, as far as accessories go. The, the most popular style of accessory, in, in my opinion, is the, the uh, earbud with a clip. Something like the XLT EB-200. This is an earbud style earpiece, sort of like uh, what you'd have with an iPod. But it has a, a rubber loop that connects to it and goes over your ear that holds it in place. I really like this style for a haunted attraction because it's, uh, while it's not as discreet as a surveillance earpiece with the clear tube that goes inside your ear, it doesn't block your hearing. Um, As an actor or somebody participating in a haunted attraction, you need to be aware of your surroundings, you need to hear Mm -hmm. what's going on, and having the earbud that sits sort of on top of your ear versus something that goes inside and blocks your hearing on one side, um, I I think is preferable. It's probably
0: a little more um, hygienic.
1: Yeah, you, you see businesses sharing those types of earbuds a lot more. You're not going to want to share with a surveillance earpiece that's actually been inside someone's ear canal. Well,
0: some, uh, somebody might, but <laughs> they're not sharing it with me. <laughs> right. uh,
1: a D-ring style earpiece is another option. It's very similar to um, the earbud with the, the ear clip, like the EB-200 that I mentioned before. An example of this would be the XLT-DR100, d-ring uh, this is even better for sharing this style While it may not be quite as comfortable it's got a bigger speaker that rests outside the ear on top of the ear it's not even an earbud style it's it's uh, actually rest on top of your ear and that
0: i wouldn't mind sharing too much i mean that's
1: right you, you, you see a lot of retail operations using it. a d-ring and and they will share quick wipe uh, down and you're good yeah
0: yeah that's 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 not quite as ghoulish. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: yeah, of course, the, another option is the surveillance earpiece. If you need a complete discreet look, a surveillance earpiece is really the way to go. That's a, a secret service-style earpiece that has a clear tube um, with an earbud that goes inside your ear canal. This is something you could hide easily with a costume, wouldn't be visible to a patron. Um, so if if you need the ultimate in in discrete communications, a surveillance earpiece is the way to go. And an example of this is the SE one hundred from XLT Communications. Those, of course, go
0: inside the ear, so they will block the hearing. But uh, uh, the the good thing about that is that they have the removable little earpiece tips.
1: Yeah, we call that, that, that a can... mushroom tip. So if if you have to share those. You can buy a, a you know multi pack of replacement mushroom tips and just switch those out between every shift or whenever you you switch from one employee to another.
0: Now those are economical; they're not yeah. not a big uh, expense. Now all of these pretty much they have they can have push a talk mics on them, and some of these uh, accessories uh, are set up so that they have two wires, three wires, uh, where you can run these things through the sleeve uh, with the push-to-talk button and hide the mics, and and nobody will know
1: that you're talking to anyone, pretty much. Yeah, with, with a haunt, especially, um, from the customers that we've talked to, it's rare that you see uh, someone that uses a radio actually touch the radio. Mm-hmm. Everyone has an earpiece. Obviously, you don't want radio chatter being overheard by guests. That's going to ruin the, the environment you're trying to create. Yeah. Um, so everyone's got an earpiece, and uh, there's a push-to-talk mic that clips somewhere on your shirt or uh, lapel mic, and you push a talk button on that instead of on the radio and speak into into that mic instead of touching the radio. The, the uh, radio you can just bury in a pocket somewhere or a holster, wherever it it's out of sight. Ooh, bury. <laughs> <laughs> you like that? Yeah. Pretty good, right?
0: We're coming up with all kinds of haunted terms today.
1: Uh, one other thing I'd like to touch on is that it could complement a radio system in a haunt is is a base station or an intercom, uh, something like the the Reitron Jobcom intercom. This this is something that mounts on the wall and will communicate with your two way radios. And this is for a situation where your actors are not going to have each have their own radio. So if if um, an emergency arises or a safety or security issue that an actor notices. If they don't have a radio, you can mount one of these intercoms on the wall in various locations. They can get to an intercom quickly, speak over the radio, and and get security or, or uh, management in the area.
0: They can be programmed with, with some uh, messages, too. So if somebody just hits the button, they don't have time to say anything, they can just hit the button and go, you know, red alert or code red. and
1: Yeah, those are similar to what you'd see at a, a big retailer with like a, a press button for service kind of yeah. thing. You push the button and what it's doing is sending a pre-recorded message over a radio channel. Mm-hmm. You can get the same sort of thing with a uh, Ritron intercom. And when you're choosing a call box or an intercom, you, you need to also uh, think about where you're going to be using it. The lower-priced ones are not weatherproof, so are only good for indoors. So if if you're going to be using it outdoors, be sure to choose the appropriate product for the the environment that it's going to be used in. All
0: right. Any other thoughts on uh,
1: using two-way radios for haunts? I think we've covered it pretty well. I mean, if anybody has any questions, feel free to give us a call, 800-584-1445. We'll be happy to help anyone out.
0: Yeah. We've got a promo code for all the listeners of the Two-Way Radio Show. Enter the promo code SHOW, and you'll get an additional 5% off your order. That's a, that's a great deal.
1: And that'll work whether you're entering your order online or if you're um, calling to place your order with one of our sales reps. Mm-hmm.
0: All right. Well, that, uh, that doesn't sound too scary. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, you're good. You're good. Well, that's,
0: that's not scary at all. <laughs> Well, coming up, we'll review the Motorola CLS 1110 and 1410 radios. Are they good for goods? Well, we'll find out next on the Two-Way Radio Show. Searching for two-way radios? Buy two-way radios has what you need. My Two-Way Radios is the source for two-way radios and radio accessories from major name brand manufacturers for our businesses and consumers alike. Buy Two-Way Radios provides more than just great radios at a great price. We are a leading source of expert advice on the products that we sell and can assist in finding the perfect solution for you or your business. We also deliver great service. All of our products are stocked at our local warehouse. This allows us to guarantee processing time and fast shipment of your order. Whether you're searching for two-way radios for general consumer or business use, Buy Two-Way Radios can help you find the best solution for you. Give us a call at 1-800-584-1445 or enter our live chat at buytwowayradios.com weekdays from 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern. Buy Two-Way Radios at buytwowayradios.com. Your radio specialists. You're listening to the Two-Way Radio Show. And this week, we're going to review a couple of lightweight business radios from Motorola,
2: the CLS 1110 and 1410. Motorola's CLS series uh, comes in two different radios. They've got the 1110 and the 1410. The 1110 is a one-channel, one-watt radio. The 1410 is a one-watt, four-channel radio. Both of them would talk to each other. They're both user programmable. In other words, inside the radio, they have the 56 UHF frequencies. You can go in and change your frequencies in there. You can change your privacy codes. Both of them have the lithium batteries. Um, The main differences, though, other than the fact that one has one channel and one has four channels, is the 1410 does support Vox, the voice activation, uh, when used with a, a headset the the 1110 does not, and the 1410 does have the Vibra alert. Um, in other words, if you don't want a beep coming out of it, and want more of a vibrate, you can set it up so it'll vibrate when it's receiving a transmission,
0: which can come in handy for haunts.
2: That's exactly right. Yeah, but both of them come, you know, both of them come with the lithium battery. Both of them come with a holster. There's not a belt clip that's attached to the the radio itself. It does sit in inside a holster. Um, It's got a a bigger push-to-talk that's on the front of the radio. Typically, you see a push-to-talk on the side of a radio. Mm -hmm. This is on the front. It's a round round location above the screen that has that push-to-talk in there. Perfect for these um, larger haunts and and retail locations, restaurants, things like that. I think
1: the size is the biggest advantage to this radio. It it is incredibly small for a radio with all the – features that it has I, i'm every time i uh, hold one of these things i'm surprised how small and light it is
0: yeah it's very
2: light very it's, light. So it's a little over a
1: little over four ounces so it's it's uh, very lightweight i mean you don't even know that you have this radio if you have it clipped to your belt um you you don't even know it's there it's that light um now even with the size, a lot of times you'll see a lower battery life. Or, but this, this one has a very powerful lithium battery that gives you around 12 hours of operation. So um, the, the size is really the biggest benefit to this radio. No doubt.
0: It has battery save mode in this too, so if you're out there using it for quite a while and, and you're concerned about the battery life... um uh,
2: believe this one here, what it does is if it doesn't get receive a transmission or or make a transmission for a while it puts itself into a, a kind of just a sleep, sleep mode. mode it just yeah. basically i don't know if it necessarily drops the the power in it or, or what the case may be but um and then once it once it receives something it gets out of that mode but it, it does help conserve the battery i think uh you know the 12 hours it's pretty accurate and that's with a lot of sending and receiving so i think you you may even get more, just depending on how much you're, you know, you're you're doing that. And like I said in the show earlier, most of your haunts are going to go from nine o'clock in the evening to one, two in the morning. That's plenty of time to not drain your yeah. battery. Yeah.
0: Well, it also it'll it'll take three AAA batteries as well. So this is one of those that
1: you know you can swap the batteries out. Yeah there right. there's an accessory available for it called a AAA battery tray mm-hmm. and uh if you buy that you can instead of using a lithium battery you can use three AAA's that's, that's right. right which can which can be pretty handy um i've noticed
0: checking around on the different haunts that this is really this is a very popular radio for use in both large and small haunts
1: that's right it's, and it's simply because it's such a small lightweight radio And while it's not as powerful as some others, it's only one watt of transmit power, if you don't have a large area to cover, wattage isn't a problem. You'd rather give up Mm -hmm. some wattage in exchange for a lighter radio. Mm -hmm. And um, that's why this radio makes so much sense for, you know, not only haunts, but restaurants, retail stores, um, any application where a business radio is needed and range isn't a big concern.
0: And there are a lot of accessories available for this specific radio, and we carry a lot of them, both the XLT and the Impact, which means that there are a lot of choices, uh, if you're using it for haunts or restaurants or whatever, there are a lot of choices uh, when considering accessories for this
1: radio, for whatever you need to to do with it. This radio uses a a two-pin Motorola business-style connector, which is one of the most popular styles of connector. Anybody making aftermarket accessories is going to support that connector. So you can find any type of accessory you need, audio accessory anyway, mm-hmm. for this radio.
0: Any downside to this particular radio? Um, not
1: really. I mean, I, I think people like the
2: fact that there is a holster on it. Yeah. Some people like that. Some people don't like that, you know, compared to having a radio that's got a belt clip attached. It's Kind of like the old cell phones that sat in a holster it was a lot easier just to take that out of there, pop it out, and pop it back in uh, when you weren't using a headset. But
0: yeah, you um, know, I I used to use holsters a lot for my cell phones, and I found that they they stayed with me a lot better. Uh, belt clips just you know you go by brush against a door or something, and you know pop exactly. right off. And the belt that's a, a complaint uh, from some people with just using regular belt clips as opposed to
1: holsters is that uh, the belt clips tend to to break. Really. Where we see that the most is with consumer grade radios. Mm-hmm. A lot of times the belt clips are kind of flimsy and uh, break easily. Motorola talkabouts, for example, are, are notorious for having problems with the belt clip. The replacement belt clips one of our best selling products for mm-hmm. Motorola talkabout uh, type radio. But I think the holster is good for this radio. It gives you the belt clip. It gives you the ability to pull the radio away or off your belt without having to uh, detach it from from the belt. Sometimes with a belt clip, they can get stuck on your belt or be yeah. difficult to remove. With this radio, you just pop it off the holster.
0: Well, another advantage to having a holster for this particular radio is because it's thin and narrow, which means that having a holster, you know, people think a holster, they're thinking a big bulky thing for an older cell phone, but but this is something that you, it's, it's narrow enough where it can sit on you and, and not... Really being comfortable
1: right it's it's molded to to fit the radio you know the shape of the radio it's made specifically for this model and it's plastic so it doesn't really add any weight mm-hmm. uh, I like the application of the holster here but we got a we got a full line of we we saw the replacement holsters if
2: you know lose one or whatever the case may be, but we saw the multi unit chargers for these radios you know if you're mm-hmm. a larger hunt you need six twelve. Eighteen whatever radios, you know, can be kind of a, a pain to plug in. Eighteen different radios. You just buy a couple multi-unit chargers. You need three outlets, and boom, you can plug. You know, drop them all in the same yeah. multi-unit. But um, pretty affordable business radio um, for the money. They're they're good radios. The eleven tens, the one channel, one watt radios run um, one hundred and thirty nine dollars per unit,
1: and then the four channel fourteen tens run one fifty nine per unit. Mm-hmm. The biggest competition for this radio is the Kenwood TK3230 that we mentioned earlier in the show. And the biggest difference is the 3230 is one and a half watts of power instead of one watts. It's a little more powerful. And it has six channels instead of four for the 1410. I believe the price is a little higher than the CLS-1410. Yeah, they're like 164. 164 for those. Mm -hmm. And Uh, it's larger. Yeah, it's larger. That's the trade-off. The CLS is... I mean, the the 3230 is a small, lightweight radio, but there's a big difference between the CLS and and the 3230 as far as size, I would say. Maybe half an inch. It's noticeably larger. Yeah, it's not – yeah. Would you
0: call it um, a cool little radio? I I would. All right. It has Anthony's seal of approval. That's right. Cool little radio. Okay. That's our review of the Motorola CLS 1110 and 1410 radios. Well, we have some uh, questions and comments from our blog and our forum at twowayradioforum.com. The first one comes from uh, Dennis, and he's commenting on uh, our previous episode, episode 20, uh, about uh, the uh, 900 megahertz radios. And he says, uh, Hi guys, I just listened to your show about the Trisquare tsx three hundred two vp During the show, you referenced the manufacturer's description of this unit as incorporating military stealth technology with regard to its frequency hopping capability. You appeared to be unsure about this technology having its origins in the military. As a former military pilot, I flew aircraft with this form of communication as far back as the mid-1980s. Our standard military UHF aviation radios had a special mode that could be selected, which used this frequency hopping technique. The system was codenamed have quick and worked by programming the radios of all the participating aircraft a formation with a predetermined set of five discrete frequencies and then synchronizing each aircraft radio with a master timing signal that would be transmitted for a couple of seconds by the lead aircraft before takeoff. This timing signal would synchronize an internal clock in the radios of each aircraft receiving it so that they would cycle through these five frequencies in order at the same time and rate. This mode of communication was not so much to prevent an enemy from monitoring us, although that was one benefit, but it was more useful because it was jam-resistant. Assuming your enemy could only jam one or two frequencies at a time, you had a better chance of still being able to communicate if you were hopping through five frequencies in rapid succession. It worked pretty well most of the time, but was subject to problems caused by the internal clocks drifting out of sync over time, which could render it unusable until a new timing signal was again broadcast by the lead aircraft. In my personal experience, Half Quick was mostly used as a backup communication. Communication mode if the primary frequency was being jammed so the tri-square technology is a fairly old technique but they have probably made it more reliable by bringing it into the digital age uh, he says enjoy your program and that's uh, from dennis well wow, that, that's some great uh, information
1: dennis i guess that settles it tri-square is using military technology i guess they
0: are so um
1: and i learned something i appreciate that dennis
0: so, uh, thank keep you, listening. Dennis. Yes, keep listening to the show. This one uh, comes from uh, Zoki. I purchased the TK3131 in 2008, and it has worked flawlessly since then until two days ago. I used the TK3131 on a motorcycle with others for bike-to-bike communications. Two days ago, when I first turned on the radio in the early morning, there was a constant shh from the speakers and the headset and the green LED light was on. At first I thought someone else was on the channel, but it continues for miles, and now it is a constant squelch sounding noise uh, whenever the radio is on, with or without the headset. I've gone through the menu and did a reset which did not eliminate the noise. Uh, I can transmit and receive even though the green light is on and the squelch noise is present. Is there a way to eliminate the noise? Is this a repair item, even though the radio has been uh, discontinued? And what are my options for saving the radio? And that's from Azoki. Uh,
1: well, it sounds like he's, he's getting interference um, from something, either that or there, there's an issue with the radio, as he suggests. I'd, I'd like to know if he uh, experiences this issue regardless of where he uses the radio or if it's only when he's around a certain thing, like if, when he's on his bike or uh, near a certain object, maybe it could be causing the interference. Another thing would be to maybe try a different channel and see if this goes away if he he 's still having trouble with the radio, regardless of where he's using it it's it 's probably something bad with the radio. He can give us a call or uh, send the radio in to us and and we can take a look and uh, repair or make a suggestion.
0: Okay. Sounds good. Well, uh, send in your comments and questions for Danny, Anthony, or myself to show at BuyTwoWayRadios.com. If you want to know more about today's topic or about two-way radios in general, uh, check out our forum discussions at TwoWayRadioForum.com. You can subscribe to the Two-Way Radio Show directly from our website at TwoWayRadioShow.com or hear it on iTunes, Zoom Marketplace, Blueberry.com, or stream it on Stitcher. Um, Before we go, any other comments or questions? Anything? I don't think so. Nope. Nope? Nope. You sure? Sure. Sure. Okay. Okay. Well, uh, today's show is sponsored by BuyTwoWayRadios.com. Whether you're searching for two-way radios for general consumer or business use, BuyTwoWayRadios can help you find the best solution for your needs. Give us a call at 1-800-584-1445 or enter our live chat. At buy2wayradios.com, weekdays from 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern. As always, everyone, thanks for listening. And until next time, for the Two Way Radio Show, I'm Rick Savoya. I'm Danny Beamster. And I'm Anthony Roquet. And we're out.